Yo, this is Pastor Tito, and welcome to the Revolutionary Podcast, where I'm here to help you find Jesus and follow him. that we're doing is prayer. Now, let me ask you a question. I want you to think about this because prayer is something we all do, all right? We've all done it at some point. I know you've done it when you were in trouble. We all pray when we're in trouble, don't we? I'm like, oh, Jesus, this one time, I'll give you everything. Just please, right? We've always done those, right? And so we usually tend to pray when things are difficult and when we're in trouble. But let me ask you a question because last week we were talking about the frequency of prayer right? We were talking about the frequency of prayer last week, but this time I want to talk about the focus. Now, I want you to do some self-reflection. When you pray, what is the, what is the thing that you pray most about? I want, you to take a ref- I want you to pause and think about it. When you pray, what do you pray for? Think about it, all right? And do a little, you know, go back in time. You've prayed this morning, what you pray about? And when you wake up in the morning, what do you pray about? When you go to sleep right before, what do you pray about? I want you to think about what is the thing that is of most concern to you when you pray, okay? How do you guys pray for your health? Assuming that might be one. What else is something that you may pray for? Family, job, finances. Is there, am I missing anything else? What's something else? You usually pray for other people, hopefully the church, different situations, praying for politicians. I know that one's on the top of your list, right? All right. It's in the Bible, just so you know. And so... Uh, what else? There's a lot of things, right, that we focus and then we pray about, right? What's the one thing you pray most about? Think about that, all right? Because we're going to come back to that in a second. And then the other question is this, who are you most concerned with? So when you pray, who are you most concerned with? I like the way this question, uh, this, somebody made this statement and said, if God could answer all of your prayers that you prayed for the last seven days, who other than you would be happy? Think about that. If God answered every single, just gave you a button, right? Select all, pass, right? And gave you that. Who other than you would be happy? Now, the reason why that statement is made, because we tend to pray a lot in the first person, right? Good morning, God. Here's what I need, right? And then we just usually tends to do that, right? Now, there's a place for that. So we're going to talk about that in the next couple of weeks, even today. But who are you most concerned with? If we could be honest, if we can be honest, Me too, all of us, we tend to be concerned with ourselves. Yes or no? Yes or no? Don't lie. All right, don't lie now. All right? Yeah, we tend to be most concerned, guys, with ourselves. But there is a thing that we need to make sure that we don't miss. Because, see, there is a place for you in prayers. I want you to know this. There is a place for your needs. There is a place for, for you and your circumstance. There's a place for all of it. But there is something else that should take a prior, prior, more greater importance, okay? Now, I, I like to, I've noticed a trend on, especially on YouTube, Instagram, I don't know if you guys go on social media, but have you ever seen this trend that says the most important thing that you're not doing right now? I don't know if you've ever seen that. So if you're, for example, if you're exercising, it's usually, it's like the, the one bicep workout that you're, the most important bicep workout that you're not doing, or it's the most important Fill in the blank, the most important money habit that you're not doing, the most important blank that you're not doing. That's a theme. Maybe you haven't noticed it, but I guarantee you, you're going to be like, oh, wow, look, okay, look at that, look at that. And so last week, really, when we talked about this, we talked about the most important habit you're not doing, which is praying. But today, we're going to talk about the most important prayer you are not praying. And I know you're not praying because of if you just answered a second ago, who are you most concerned with? And if you answered, well, me then you're not praying this prayer. And so we're going to look at the most important, the most overlooked, the most underutilized prayer that literally has the potential to impact everything else. Guys, there is not another prayer that you can pray that has this kind of a domino effect. And you're, you're going to hate me. You're going to hate me, all right? You're going to hate me. You're going to hate yourself because this is a prayer you know about. You're familiar with guarantee it. I know you are. You just didn't know how important it was, all right? Really how important it was. 
So we're going to look at it. Let's check this out. So we are going to, before we put the verse on, we're going to be in two places. I'm going to have both verses up on the screen in a minute. It's Matthew and in Luke. Um, we've been talking about the Lord's Prayer. Really, the last week we talked about how not to pray right before we did that. But um, there was an interesting, I never heard someone say this, and I, and I was studying and looked, okay, I like that. I like that description. We are, we're all familiar with the Lord's Prayer, yes? You all heard it online? We're all familiar with the Lord's Prayer. Now, why do we call it the Lord's Prayer? Well, it's because it was a prayer that Jesus taught his people. But it wasn't really his. I like the title that this should be the disciples' prayer. Because there's certain aspects of the Lord's Prayer that uh, Jesus doesn't, it doesn't apply to him. You know, at any point, does Jesus have to say, forgive us of our sins as I forgive my many debtors? Like, Jesus didn't have to pray for forgiveness. He didn't have to do that. And so there's, uh, so there's some elements of it that are unique. But for us, though, the most important thing, if you're taking notes, is that the Lord's Prayer is really the disciples' prayer. This is something that we need to do. And so it, we see it in two places. We see it in Matthew. We see it in Luke. You're going to notice it when I show you. Right now, we put it on the screen that the, the one in Matthew is the, the longer one. The one in Matthew is more detailed. The one in Luke is shorter because the one in Matthew, many think that this was the one that came first, but Matthew's uh, Lord's Prayer was a part of the Sermon on the Mount. And so Jesus is giving this massive message and it's considered to be his greatest sermon or a collection. Really, this was a sermon that he more than likely preached more than once. And uh, he always included prayer as part of it because he, the, Lord, the, the Sermon on the Mount talks about how someone is saved, and then spends the rest of it talking about how saved people ought to live. And part of that includes prayer. The one on the bottom in Luke is a response to a question that someone says, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? He says, sure. And then he kind of gives a more shorter summarized one. Because the thing is, is that, listen, I've already taught you how to pray. And I'm like, saying, no, no, I know you taught us that, but no, no, you, there's something else, right? There has to be something more. I'm like, all right, you ready? Here we go. And then he repeats the same thing, almost like saying, listen, don't, uh, don't overcomplicate this. It's the same thing. So we're going to notice, we're going to look at both of those to, to A, B, compare the two. And so let's read. So let's look at Matthew first, Matthew 6, uh, verse 9. And it says this. It says, therefore you pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Maybe in your translations you probably heard it say what? Hallowed be your name. What is hollow to be your name? Hollow is holy. Holy be your name. May your name be honored as holy. Now we're going to stop there. Look at Luke. In Luke chapter 11, verse 2, he says, Whenever you pray, pray, Father, your name be honored as holy. And so there you see it's a little bit of a shorter, summarized version, but uh, really it's, it's, again, the same thing. He's pointing to what he's already discussed. He's just kind of giving the cliff note version of this. But we're going to look at this, all right? And so this is the beginning of the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer. And because this is at the very beginning, and Jesus says, pray like this, then it, uh, it's really important. So here's the first part for today, guys. When it comes to anything else, here's our problem. The problem that you and I have with prayer, okay, is that we don't pray as we should. If, we're, if we could be honest, that's the thing. Last week, we talked about that. Jesus actually says, don't pray like this. Pray like this. Why does he have to do that? And we talked about that those two ways of not praying are actually very common, that you and I pray very selfish prayers like that. We tend to pray in ways that we want to impress others, or we try to pray in a way to impress God. Jesus said, don't pray like that. Don't pray in a way to impress other people to make them see, wow, look at him. He's super spiritual. You don't pray like that. But also you don't have to pray in a way to impress God to say like you have to perform before him so that he can bless you my son all right and give you what you want that's not the point at all but the problem is that we 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 don't pray as we should and i love even the phrase where jesus says pray like this pray like this guys did you ever pause to think about the lord's prayer as literally god is telling you i like these kind of prayers this is what i like did you ever consider that i'm like god literally is making it plain as day guys when you pray i really like it when you pray like this. And then we tend to offer prayers that sometimes don't line up that way. That's why this is so important for us to get this, okay? I mean, think about this, guys. Look, I've, how dumb would I be? How dumb would I be? If I, I know my wife's likes and dislikes, all right? She loves smelling good. This is her thing, all right? She loves smelling good, whether if it's um, colognes or candles, you know, perfumes, whatever. She loves things that smell good. All right. I'm sure we have some people in the house as well. 
We just like that, right? We just always like to smell good. That's her. Always been like that. So, and you can't go wrong. If you were going to give her a gift, and I'm not trying to make an argument like saying, hey, guys, get buy her gifts. I'm not saying that. But listen, I'm, I'm just saying, if you, if you were going to get her something, if I wanted to buy her something, isn't it smart of me to give her the things that she likes? Yes or no? Right? Experiences that she likes. How dumb would I be if, if for her birthday, for Valentine's Day, it's going to come right next month. How dumb would I be for me, instead of giving her gifts that she likes, I give her gifts that I like. And so she's going to open up this box. And inside of this box is a bunch of books. She hates reading. She hates books. Now, she reads, but she just hates books. All right? She, she thinks I have uh, an, an obsession. I have a problem. Okay? Because I love books. And so, but she doesn't. But again, am I, am I not wrong? Like, I would be dumb to be able to give my wife, to show her my love and my relationship with her. It would be super stupid of me if I wanted to do things for her that I liked instead of doing things for her that she liked. Yes? Have you ever paused to wonder, do we do the same thing with our prayers? When Jesus says, I like it when you pray this way. Okay, but I want to pray like this, though. <laughs> you know? But I, but I want to pray like this. And he's like, because he loves us. Like, okay, but I still like this. So I want us to really lean in, guys, on the Lord's Prayer because he is literally saying, I like this. Don't do this. Do this. This is the kind of prayers. And by the way, wouldn't you want to know that you're praying in a way that God hears? Wouldn't you want to know and pray in a way that pleases God, that's going to maximize that your prayers are going to be answered? Yes or no? Of course. So don't mess up with, don't mess the recipe up. Okay, literally, God has given us the recipe. So let's not mess that up, okay? And so that is the big thing here. And I want, to know, I want you to notice, you, you, you're familiar with the Lord's Prayer. I'm sure most of us have heard it, heard it recited a thousand times. What I love about it is that it's a pattern of praying, right? He doesn't say, pray this, meaning only pray this, pray this. He says, pray like this. So I want you to catch, starting today, I want you to catch the patterns. I want you to catch the ideas. What is the big idea behind these words? Right. And I love the fact that when Jesus, Jesus didn't forget his own lesson. Did you notice again when he said in Matthew, he says, our father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, our father. But when he teaches the disciple on the road to Jerusalem, as he's asking this question, he just says, father, may be honored as holy. Did he forget his own lesson? Did he forget what he said prior to? No. So what I love about the fact that we have the, the Lord's prayer, the disciples prayer written two times, but it's different wording shows us that God is more concerned about the attitude in which we pray more than the actual words. You feel me? So that's the beautiful part about that. It's a pattern of praying. It's really a pattern of the heart. That's why we talked about this last week. And it's all about communion, not competition. It's just about a relationship. Again, if we're talking about this God, our Heavenly Father. So how do we have this conversation? So here's the first thing, guys. I got really two points for you today. The first point is this. When we pray, your prayers should begin first with God's identity. Jesus literally says, pray like this. This is what I like. And so our prayers should begin with God's identity. What are the first two words in the prayers, guys? Our Father. Let's just linger on those two words first, our Father. First off, I love the fact that when he, when he says, pray like this, the very first word that we ought to pray is a, um, it's a plural pronoun. It's a pronoun. Whose father is this, guys? It's ours. It's not mine. It's not yours. It's ours. And if you notice, the whole prayer, the whole pattern of praying is in throughout the whole Lord's Prayer, the disciples' prayer, all of it is plural pronouns. Our Father, give us this day, right? Forgive us. Do not do, deliver us, right? You see what I'm saying? Forgive us. So already we see here, this guy's that when we pray, you got to understand that prayer is a family exercise. It's a family experience. When we pray, we're not just praying to my God, my personal God, my own, no, but it is ours. And so there's a, the, there's the sense of the others. This is why, who are you most concerned with, right, when you pray? Here, Jesus is pretty much saying, with the first two words, you need to be concerned with, who, with God and with other people, not just you. You see that? Already in the first two words, he's teaching us something. You need to be concerned with other people and God when you pray, all right? 
our father, that's that family experience. So never, we should never prioritize ourselves in prayer alone. Now there is a space, guys. There is a space for you to say, Lord Jesus, I need you. There's a space for that. In fact, we look at the Psalms and throughout the Bible, there's plenty of prayers that say, Lord, I, I, I. So I'm not talking about emergency situations. I'm not talking about moments in which you need, that's, that's an okay, okay? But here we're talking about a pattern. This is what normal praying should look like. This is the default. The default shouldn't be you. The default needs to be God and others. So he says our, and then there's the word father. Now, father, this one's a, this one's a good one. Because again, how should we identify God when we pray? As a father. But is he more than a father? Yes, what is he? He's the king. He's a creator. He's God almighty. But yet when God says, when you pray, I want you to view him as your dad. Isn't that a wonderful thing? View him as a father. Because with the sense of uh, being a father, there's a lot of grace there, right? There's a lot of grace in this way. You know, I've had, I've done this with, I, I remember, you know, when I was a kid, I drew a bunch of things, gave it to my parents, and they put it on the refrigerator wall. My kids grew up drawing a bunch of things, put it, and I put it on the refrigerator wall, and it was garbage. It was horrible, all right? It was bad. Horrible. I mean, and, and here we're putting, we're displaying, you know, mediocrity, you know, but that's not the point. Like, I'm not exalting. I'm like saying, look how bad my kid draws. Look at this. Amazing. And I'm not lying to him saying that he's some, you know, that he's some genius and some savant or whatever. I'm not doing that neither. But it's like, this is my kid. He drew it for me. You know, this is my kid. He drew it for me and I have it. And so, see, that's the thing when we pray, this is, and I love this guy. So, so many of us, you stress out, oh, when I'm going to pray, am I, am I going to say the words right? Am I going to, no, remember, he's dad. First, all of our prayers are chicken scratch. Okay, let's be real. All of our prayers are those kindergarten drawings. But he's like, I love it if, if you're praying with that sincere heart. And so you got to remember the father one. Now, this one, the, 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 the word here that Jesus uses is an Aramaic word called Abba. That's if you've ever read the New Testament. We know that if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit puts inside of you this, this heart to, to call him Abba, Father, right? And so, again, there's this draw to, to that relationship, right? By the way, if he's your father, then who are you? Children. Do you see what I'm saying? So when you pray, you got to pray with an identity. When you know who God is, you know who you are. If he's your father, that means you know he's, you are his son, you are his daughter. And the only way you can be a son and daughter of God is by receiving Christ as Lord and Savior. Guys, I'm telling you, bad news here. Not everybody that's walking on earth and, and breathing H2, you know, breathing H2O, listen to me. You know, breathing oxygen, okay? Not everybody who's breathing oxygen and, and, and living right now is a child of God. Jesus himself said, look, y'all, child, you, you guys are children of the devil. Because that is who, that is your nature, that is who you are. The only way we get a, a team transfer, the only way we get adopted is by calling on the one true God and saying, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. And not only does he forgive you guys, but he gives you, puts you in his family. And so I love that there. But, but the idea with Abba, guys, that, that's a complicated one. A lot of people like to play with that word because it's a word that children use to describe their a father. So um, like little kids can call in Aramaic around that time, they call him Abba, Father. Now you gotta be, you gotta be careful with this because some people like that and they take it a little too far. And uh, they take it a little too far and they like to address God as like daddy and have all these a bunch of like cute little phrases. You know, if you like to do that, I, I just recommend you do it in private. It's just weird when other people do it in public. No one's gonna listen to anything you're gonna say at that point. If you just call, you know, you, you start out with, you know, <laughs> like that. It, now. Here's why daddy is, is you got to be careful with it. Because, see, dad and daddy, that there's, there's a sense of approachability towards God. But daddy loses its sense of honor. You see what I'm saying? Your name be honored as holy. Because is he a father? Yes. And can we run to our father? Yes. But we don't play with his name. He doesn't like his name to be messed with. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So you honor his name. And so there's this heart to it. Like, we, we do this with our kids. I have a nickname for my dad. You know, I just call him one thing, all right? So in Spanish, dad is uh, papi. And so I just use the two first, P-A, pa. Hey, pa, what you doing? Hey, pa, you need some help? That was just pa. That's just my thing, okay? My kids have taken, you know, gone nuts with it. And so it started out with um, dada, okay? Dada, daddy. Um, I'm, I'm going to forget a few because it, there's so many. Uh, Dida, and then it went from Dada to Daddy to Dida, um, to uh, uh, 
Daba. Okay, that was another one. They started calling me Daba for a minute. Then they get bored and they come up with another one. And then they do um, Pita. Then they switch the D's now. When I was just messing around with consonants now. So Pita, Pita Papita, Pita Chip, Pablo. That's where I'm at right now. And so um, that's where I'm at. I'm Pablo in the house. All right. That's just what it is. And I know I missed a few. And so, but see, I'm okay with that, you know, because they're playing They're, you know, it's not disrespectful, right? I, I get it. They just mean they're, they're being loving and kind, but then there's a moment in which I say, listen, if I got to talk to you, like, you're not calling me Pablo. Like, do you feel me? You understand what I'm saying? And just because we're this way with our, with our earthly fathers, I would caution us. We don't want to play this game with our heavenly father. We got to be careful with that. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? And so the father thing is important, but the father, he, again, where is this father? Our father in where? In heaven. So you, we got to remember that. And guys, that is a beautiful understanding. Again, a perspective. If you prayed this prayer with this mentality, where is God? He's in heaven. But look at the duality of father and in heaven. Father means closeness. This is a word, a fancy word, um, uh, imminence. Imminence is closeness. Dad's right there. He's around the corner, right? Our father is there. But where else is he at the same time? In heaven. So it means now that he's not only imminent, but transcendent, meaning he's above it all. He's not, he's not just in our circumstances, but he is also simultaneously above it. You see what I'm saying? And so when we pray, we pray, we remember who he is, but we also remember where he is. He's above it all. When we say Lord, when we were just singing that earlier today, he is Lord of all. He is Lord of the storm. He is above the circumstances. He is sovereign in control. Do you see already that if you, if you think in this way, how that ought to be impacting your prayers, right? When you know who he is and where he is, that ought to influence everything. And in fact, guys, that's the point of it. That's the point of it. This is why I'm saying this is part of the prayers that the most important prayer that you're not praying. Because when you pray with this perspective at the beginning, it actually helps to filter your heart on the things that you were going to pray about. Because let's be real, a lot of the things that we were going to pray about are not really the most important things. But when we pray with this perspective, you know, I don't wear glasses, but, you know, some of us do. You know, I'm pretty sure online as well. So think of it. If, if you, you need glasses to see, anybody raise your hand like, I need glasses to see. Without the glasses, I can't see that well. So that's the thing. It's like when we pray it without, without this lens of who he is and where he is, we can, we can look at our circumstances and they're a little blurry. And then we can be praying for things that that should not be our attention. But when we put the lens of who he is as our father and where he is in heaven, we see, oh, well, you know, I don't really got to pray about that. You know, I should pray about this because it gives you that sense of perspective when you put him in priority. You see what I'm talking about? A lot of our prayers are a big waste of, we're wasting time in our prayer because we're praying with blurry vision instead of a better one. And so our Father in heaven speaks of his imminence and his transcendence. And guys, I love that about God and that who he is. And I want everybody, especially when you feel, where is God? Where is God? And who is God and where is he? That this can be a hard one for us because, again, maybe for some people they struggle with the, seeing God as their father because they associate, they could easily associate God, the heavenly father, with God, their earthly parent. And their earthly parent is very demanding. That, that earthly parent is not full of grace. It's not full of love. It's an imperfect parent. We all are. I'm not a perfect parent. No one here, if you are, has ever been one. And it could be easy or very easy for us to give and project our fears of how our parents have treated us. And we can project that towards God, but that is not who he is. He is not our parent, our father from earth. He is in heaven. He's different. God's built different. He's different. And so we got to remember that. And the fact that he's both imminent and transcendent means that if you need him, no matter where you are, what's going on, he is there. And not only is he there, but he is above even the biggest problem that you have. And if there's a God to pray to, isn't that a wonderful God right there who is both close but yet above, near and far at the same time? So that's the big one, guys. Number one is, is the first point. I'm going to make the second point now is that our prayers should begin with God's identity. But also, here's the other part. Our prayers should also begin with God's interests. That's the other one. Our prayers should begin with God's interest, not ours. So after we start and say again, remember the pattern, remember the thinking. Our Father 
in heaven. What is it? What is it here? What are we praying? Hallowed be your name, or the way we said it was, your name be honored as holy. Guys, what we just read there is the one of six petitions that make up the Lord's Prayer. There's six things that we pray for. We pray, may your name be holy, may your kingdom come, may your will be done. Three petitions. And then we pray, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us, deliver us. Three and three. Notice, what's the, who's, who should, who's the priority, who's the greatest concern with those first three petitions, guys? May your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. Who's the priority there? God. Vertical. And then what about the other one? Give us. Deliver us. Forgive us. Horizontal. Isn't there anything else in the Bible that we see a pattern like that? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and love your neighbor. Right? Love the Lord. Love your neighbor. The Ten Commandments. The first half of the Ten Commandments are vertical commandments. The second half, horizontal. By the way, do you even see the, the, the shape that I'm making? What shape am I making here? Right? Right? It's a cross. This is how you live a cross-formed life. You live a, a cross-formed life when your identity and who you are is rooted in Him, in the love of God. And Jesus Himself said, love one another as I have loved you. There it is again. Love one another as I have loved you. So our prayers should be the same thing, where we are focusing on the concerns of God, the interests of God, not just our own. We have a place for it but so does his. And guys, you know what, what this already says? It speaks of a relationship. First of all, look at the first two things here. What, what did we see? We see, um, you know, may your name be honored as holy. What does your name mean? His name means his nature, his character, who he is, okay? The name of God is the truth of God. This is, has more to do, guys, with just cussing. Has, you know, I'm not, we're not just talking about that. But his name matters. His name is who he is. His name is, can be misused, abused, or misrepresented. And you know, uh, isn't there something else? Some of you may know this. This may sound familiar. God is very concerned with his name. So much so that it happened to make it his top ten list in the Ten Commandments. Which one of the commandments has to deal with his name? Which one is it? It says, do not take my name in vain. That made a top ten. So is Jesus, is God concerned with his name? Yes, he is. Interesting that he says in the commandments, don't take my name in vain. And, and, and what does he say we should pray? May your name be honored as holy. Now, again, taking his name in vain, guys, can it be? Cussing and, you know, God, whatever, and do fill in the blank and holy. Yes, it can be. It can be. But it's bigger than that. Because there's some of y'all like saying, you've probably never cussed a day in your life. And you probably have taken his name in vain every day of your life. It has nothing to do so much with the words against the heart. Because to take his name in vain is to take his nature, his character. So you take his name in vain every day. You don't take God serious. Every day you don't take God serious. That's taking his name in vain. You know, I've heard it said too, like when you pray, that is one of the most horrific ways that you, when you don't pray, it's like a horrible way of taking his name in vain. Because when you don't pray, it's like saying, no, I, I got this. Thank you. I got it. I got it. I don't need you. That's taking his name in vain. To take his name in vain is to treat who he is as worthless. Does that make sense? Not as important. He's a side to the dinner plate of your, the meal of your life. To take his name in vain is that. It's not only that, but you know what else is his name? Right here. Because where do we understand the nature and character of God in his word? This is his name as well. It reveals his name. It shows us his name. And so, guys, we take his name in vain when we treat God's word as worthless, when we treat God's word as not as important, his opinions, his view of the world. This is the lens that we're talking about. You take his name in vain when you take this and treat this worthlessly. And we also take his name in vain, guys, when you call yourself a Christian, but you live like he doesn't exist. Feel me on that one? When you call yourself a Christian, yet you live like he doesn't exist, you are misrepresenting his name, which takes it in. It, it, that is not how you honor him. His name is not honored when his name is on your lips, but not in your heart or marking your life. He's not honored like that. He is not. We all just sang a minute ago, Lord, you are Lord. Am I really? All right. Some of, all, some of us need to really process the fact that we're, we probably just lied for about five, six minutes. Okay. 
You know, let, me, let me just pause for a minute. Some of y'all been lying for six minutes, and you're saying, Lord, Jesus, you are Lord, yet you live as if you are. So right now, if that's you, Jesus, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, like, forgive me. It's a big one. We are supposed to honor his name, who he is. Not misuse it, not abuse it, not misrepresent it. But how do we honor him? It says, may your name be honored as holy. All right, I like the, what's the initial phrase we've all memorized, right? Hallowed be your name. Like, there's a lot of times that God's name is not hallowed. It's really hollow when we, I don't know if you, get, you see the play on words there, all right? It can't be hollow when we use his name. Like there's void, it's empty. It looks good on the outside, but it's empty on the inside. That is not how his name is honored. It needs to be hallowed be his name. There's a sense of substance there. There's substance there. To hallow his name, to honor his name is holy. You know what, another uh, Bible term for that? To fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to honor his name. To fear God, some of you, may, that might be a weird phrase for you. What do you mean fear God? Well, to fear God is to take him serious. In the same way, some of you guys, maybe if you were on the way to church or you're driving right now, in the same way that you pull up on the gas pedal every time you see a policeman. Why do you do that? Because you realize, oh, hold on, he has authority to be able to do something to my life if I'm out of bounds, and so let me play by the rules a little bit. And then when he's gone, well, and then you go, you do it again right? That's a little bit of a fear. Some of you guys, again, when mom and dad starts calling you by your middle name, now you perk up a little bit. Why? Oh, it's about to go down, right? And so oh, here it is. There's a fear there, right? Not a fear. It, it could be a fear of something happening to me. But at the same time, some of you, think about this. Some of you don't do certain things. Like some of you don't do certain things. And like, for example, why would a husband who's in love with his wife not cheat on her. Could he be afraid of her? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> he could be afraid. Yeah. But if he truly loves his wife, he is afraid of ruining. Like it's, I'd rather say no to everything to say yes to this, to preserve it because this matters more to me. So do you see it? Is there a sense of fear there? Yes. In this, but it's protective. It's good fear. It's fear rooted in love. And so our relationship with God, guys, should be a fear rooted in love. And like saying, I want to grow. The fear of the Lord is learning to love what God loves and hate what God hates. And you know when you're growing in the fear of the Lord, when you're tempted to do something and you say, I don't want to do it because I know sin separates me from God and I don't want to do I want God more. That's the fear of the Lord. And that's now you can grow into that by God's grace. But see, guys, this is what it looks like, that we honor him. How? By praying with God's interests before our own. Lord, may your name be honored. Now, the, the thing is, guys, is a lot of times we treat God, when we pray, we treat him like a drive-thru, right? When you go to a drive-thru, what do you do? You pull up, just, you know, and then you're like, uh, you know, lower the window, it's like, how can I help you, right? And then you do what? You're like, I, I would like a, you know, small, all right, black cold brew with uh, sweet cold foam and avocado toast, please. That sounds delicious. Amen. Right. And so, right. And so it, what's the relationship between you and the person in the drive through? Right. She, that person, can I help you? And then you're like, oh, yes, I would like this, this, this. Thank you. Okay. Anything else? No, no, I'm good. Okay. I'll be 1495. Jeez, that's expensive. Right. Whatever it is. You never, after she says, can I help you with anything? No. How, how many of you have ever asked back? I was like, uh, what would you like? Can I help you with anything? No, that would be, just pull forward, please. Like, that's all you need to do right now. Just, you would help me by pulling up and paying, right? But, but in the drive-thru, it's understood. It's a one-way desires, right? The person on the other end of the machine only cares about what they're asking, about what you're concerned with, what you want. You're not concerned with what they want. And then you get and go. How many of our prayers look like that? When we pull up to God and say, God, good morning. Hi, how are you doing? Great. Amen. Hallowed be your name. Okay, here's what I need. All right. And how many, and we start with our concerns. How many times do you ever pray, Lord, what do you want? Is there something that you need? Now, here's the beautiful part, guys. I don't want y'all stressing out. And now it's like, okay, now I have to go and pray and be quiet and have to figure out God's voice. I have to hear him, Lord. Was, huh. And that's a lot of stressful things. And so the fact that I love it, guys, God's word literally tells us, here's what I care about. Here's what I want. I want because you guys show up, I do it too. Our temptation is to go with our prayers and say, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. Okay, yes, we all have needs. 
But have you ever considered what God wants? What does he want? He just gave you the number one thing on the list of what he wants. God says, I want my name to be honored. So can you pray that my name is honored? I want my name to be honored. Now, how is his name honored? Another word of saying this is glorified. How is God glorified? Guys, God, Jesus literally tells us in John 15, God is glorified when we produce fruits inside of us. Guys, how many, this is, this is the thing. I'm gonna stop asking that question. Let me, this is the point. A lot of times you and I pray for things that we need God to do. How many times do we ever pray, Lord, who do I, who do I need to be, right? We tend to pray, God, what do I need to do? Help me make a decision, God. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? Have you ever paused to consider, Lord, who do I need to be? Who do I need to be? Because God's name is honored when there's fruit in your life. You honor his name when you grow in the likeness and character of Christ. You honor his name when you produce the fruit of the spirit of love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. That honors him. It honors him when you serve one another, love one another, pray for one another. It honors him when you are helping others to take him seriously. People who never thought of Christ or thought of Jesus, you know how his name is honored? When people take him seriously, when a sinner calls on the name of Jesus and says, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are real. That is how God is honored. His name is honored when we speak about him. His name is honored when we, when we know him. His name is honored when we get, make him known. How much of that makes up your prayers? It should. I want, I, want you to, I want you to be more, you know, I want you to feel it because I've been feeling it this week because I'm like, man, I thought I was praying. But I was like, this one really, I wrestled with this a lot. And I want you to do too, but I want you to be ex more excited. I want you to go from whatever grief to relief to know that, okay, guys, but look, there's forgiveness in Jesus' name. And if you pray like this, Lord, I pray that you may be glorified. When you say, God, may your name be honored as holy. May your name be honored. Let me tell you how I've been praying it this way. God, I pray that your name may be honored as holy in my family, my kids. I pray that they may grow to know and take you seriously even more. I pray that I may learn to take you seriously. God, I pray that your name may be honored in our church. I pray this morning, I've been praying, Lord, I pray that people that have been taking your name and not honoring it in the way that they've been praying and listening and doing whatever, I pray that they may. I pray that someone who's just totally dismissed it may see and call on your name. Guys, that is what we should be praying for. God is number one interest. This is going to sound funny. You ready? I'm about to make a hard left turn. You're going to feel some whiplash, okay? I'm, I'm warning you. So you ready? You ready to make the turn? Who is God most who is God most concerned with? Himself. God is for his name's sake. There is a phrase that you read over and over again in the Bible. He says, I did this. I delivered you. I forgave you. I did this. Not for your sake. He literally says verbatim in the old and new. He says, I did this for my sake. I did this for my name's sake. Wait a minute, but I thought if God is for us, doesn't the Bible say he's for us? He is for us, but he is, the way that he is for us is he's for himself first. Here's the ready. If you haven't, if, I'm going to really make another hard turn. God is self-centered. Guys, if, so, if, you if somebody described you as self-centered, is that a good or a bad description? Bad. Why? Because to be self-centered is to be what? Selfish. It's all about you right? It's all about you. You and I, when we are self-centered, that's damaging, right? A person who is self-centered is a destructive person. It's an unhappy person. It's a horrible person who abuses other people. Why? Because we are not enough to center ourselves around. We can't be self-centered. We are not, we are, it's unsustainable if we are self-centered. And so for us to be so self-centered, because of the fact that we are all naturally born as sinners. There's darkness in here. So when we are self-centered, darkness is at the center. And so now you tend to use and abuse other people for your purposes. That's what a self-centered person does. But have you ever paused to wonder and ask? But the scriptures is clear. God is self-centered. What does that mean? He says, when I swear, God says, I, I have to swear for... 
I, I, I needed to swear for something bigger than me and I couldn't find anybody, so I swore by my name's sake. And I do this for my name's sake. And I loved you and forgave you and did all of this. Jesus died on the cross for God's name's sake. More than ours. His priority was his name's sake. Does that sound weird? Does that not sound weird? It sounds even weirder when you think 1 Corinthians 13.5 says, love does not seek its own. Agape love does not seek its own interest. It does not seek its own. But here's the thing about God. God is so holy that he could be self-centered and not sin. He is so holy that he can be self-centered and not sin. Do you know why it's different that God is self-centered? Because there is no darkness in God. There is only light. If, you, if, if, if God needed to be centered on something, what else greater than himself? And so here's the thing. God is number one priority is to preserve his namesake. And so he has to focus on that. And so this is why God cannot deny himself. He cannot deny his nature. He cannot deny his character because he is so self-centered and it's so self-centered in a way that he does not need anything. You and I, when we're self-centered, we abuse and use other people to fulfill us. But God is so self-completing because he is centered in himself that he doesn't need to use us. Now, he, because of that, he is able to be for us. Do you see that? Like, he doesn't have to use us to do that. He is so holy, he can be self-centered and not sin. That is our God. And guys, it is in your and I's best interest that he is self-centered. Meaning in that sense that he cannot deny his nature and character. Because if God denied his nature and character for, for one second, one moment, we would be lost forever. But the fact that God is the same yesterday, today, forever. This is a beautiful, wonderful thing, guys, for us to be able to trust in. But he is very much concerned with his name. Let me just show you. I, I got a list. It's online. It's in, if you have a bulletin this morning, this list is on there. So you don't have to worry about writing this down. If you're, uh, it's, uh, the notes are online as well. But let me read some of these verses. Again, to show you, Jesus says, pray in this way, you know, our heavenly father, yet your name be honored as holy. The number one petition we're supposed to pray, that God's name is honored. Look at how this is, and by the way, I could have kept going, but I just tapped out on two pages. Look at Old and New Testament. Ready? Psalms 86, Old Testament. says, I will praise you with all of my heart, Lord, and honor your name forever. Psalms 115, you who fear the Lord, which is honoring him, trust in him. He is their help and their shield. That is to honoring his name. Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone who bears my name, God is saying, is created for my glory. I have formed them indeed. I have made them. I have created and formed you for my name's sake. Again, not as trophies. This is not a self-centered God that needs to be worshipped and like, oh, he, needs, he has an ego that needs to be filled. No, he is 100% self-satisfying. He is all for us. And in fact, that's the crazy part is that when we worship him, it's actually for our best interests that we do. It changes us. It shapes us. Revelation, look at this now, Revelation 1.6. And God made us a kingdom of priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion. That's a theme that we see all the time, for the glory of God, for, the, you know, for his namesake. Revelations 4.11, our Lord, our God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things and by your will, they exist. Matthew 5.16, in the same way, Jesus says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good, they may see your good works and give glory to your Father. See, like there's the fruits there, our light shining. Philippians, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes from the Lord Jesus to the glory and praise of God. 1 Corinthians 6, for you were bought at a price, so glorify God with your body. Look at the number one priority that we should pray is, Lord, May, I be, may you be glorified in me. Now, there's a lot of verses that now look at that. Glorify God with your body. First Corinthians, whatever you do, eat or drink. Do it all for the glory of God. That's connected to honor his name as holy. You honor his name as holy in all the things that you do. Colossians, whatever you do, in word or deed, do it for the glory of God. Another one in Colossians, whatever you do, do it from the heart. And do something as if you're doing it for the Lord. For him, Psalms 23. You guys know this one, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He renews my life and leads me along his paths for his name's sake. Did you read that? There it is. For his name's sake. Psalms 25, Lord, for the sake of your name, forgive my iniquity. The, they, David understood this. For, your, for the sake of your name, not for my sake, 
For your sake, forgive me. Psalms 31, for you are my rock and my fortress. You lead and guide me for your name's sake. Ezekiel, you will know that I am the Lord, the house of Israel, when I have dealt with you for the sake of my name. Another Ezekiel. So this, will, so this is what the Lord says. Now I will restore the fortunes of Jacob and have compassion on the whole house of Israel for my name's sake. Samuel, Lord, will not abandon his people because of his great name. Do you see that? He will not abandon us because of his great name. To abandon his people is to deny his nature and character. And he can't do neither. And so he will not abandon us. First Peter, look at Peter. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. Do not fear them or be intimidated, but rather fear the Lord. Sometimes we honor him by suffering for his name's sake. In Corinthians 2, I take pleasure in weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, and difficulties for the sake of Christ. You see it? You guys, honestly, I could have kept going. But I wanted you to see why does Jesus, out of all things that Jesus says, Pray this way, and here's the number one prayer. Remember I said earlier, the most important prayer you're not praying is that, Lord, may your name be honored as holy. That is the most important prayer. In fact, you pray that prayer, and you pray with that perspective and live with that perspective, it actually puts gasoline on the fire of all your other prayers. It's the most essential one. And so, guys, I want to challenge you as we're wrapping up today. I want to challenge you with this bottom line and this application. You ready? Pray for God's sake. Literally, pray for God's sake. Now, have you ever heard that phrase, though, used? Have you ever, has anyone ever used that word before? You usually may hear things like this. Hey, do this. Oh, for, or maybe said it this way. Usually a response. Oh, for God's sake. Right? You've heard of that one. What's another one? Uh, for heaven's sake. Oh, for goodness sake. For Christ's sake. For the love of God. All right? That's, that's, a, that's probably the, the, the good one there. Any, anyone ever done that before? I'm like, oh, for the love of God. Turn the TV off, Right? Or like you ever said one of those? You may, may have been guilty of it. Okay, that could be taking his name in vain because are you using his name for holy purposes? You're, whole, you're using that name if you use it like that. That's, you're expressing frustration, aren't you? Not oh, for the love of God, right? For, for God's sake, for this. Are you honoring his name right now? Do you, are you praying in that moment that his name be honored? No, you're just hoping that somebody stops bugging the crap out of you. Like that's all you care about right now. But look, guys, I want you to read that differently. I want you, when you hear, pray for God's sake, literally as a positive, pray for his sake. And I want to make sure, how do you do that? We pray for God's sake when we prioritize his wants over our own. And what does he want? Guys, you don't have to guess. You don't have to throw yourself in a cocoon or go prayer and fasting for 40 days to figure out what does God want from me. He just wants you to love him and let that love transform your life. That's it. What does he want? He wants you to be, he wants him, his name to be honored in your life, in the way that you love him, in the way that you uh, love others. Guys, pray for God's sake. Now, I use that as a desperate sense that, guys, pray. Literally pray for God's sake. Like, please do it. Because, again, it is the most important thing that we should be doing as Christians and believers is praying. But pray for God's sake. That's the most important prayer you should be praying. Pray for his sake, for his name. For all of those things, don't treat God like a drive-thru. Don't treat him like a drive-thru and pray for your sake only. It's actually, it's, you should pray for God's sake for your sake. It's, it's, that's the importance. That's the priority there. And so, guys, when we wrap up again, is looking at that. How is God honored? John 15, 8, Jesus says, My Father is glorified in this. Meaning, my Father is honored. His name is honored in this that you bear fruit. And he says, how do you bear fruit? That you abide in my words and that you love one another. Guys, how do we love one another? By extending the same love that Jesus has loved us. And how do we love one? The most loving act, actually I'll say it this way, the most loving act that we can do for somebody else is to point them to the love of Jesus. To lead them to receive and to know who this God is. There is none other, no one else like him. And guys, it's interesting if you pray the rest of the stuff, right? What are the other petitions, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Well, guys, look at the, look at the order. For God's kingdom to come and for his will to be done in your life, his name needs to be honored in your, in your life. 
How many times do we pray, Lord, I want your will. What is your will for me? But we never pause and wonder and ask, well, how, how am I doing in honoring you? We want the will without the honor. You see that? We want those things. We can't shortcut this. You can't mess up the recipe. You, you're going to mess it up and he's not going to get the results. When you pray, Lord, may your name be honored as holy as the most important prayer that we pray. That's how his kingdom begins to establish in your life. That's how his will is done in your life. That is how you receive your daily bread. That is how he's, by his grace, he's able to forgive you and empower you to forgive others. That is how he will lead you, not into temptation, but out of it and deliver you from the enemy. How? When you are living a life that is concerned for his name's sake and not yours. That little thing. Now, for some of you, you probably don't like that because there's that self-centeredness that we still have. But see, that's the point where we see the paradox of what Jesus would say. It's when you lose yourself, you actually find it. When you lose yourself in Christ, you actually find the very thing you're looking for. And so, guys, I want to challenge us as we think of this way. I want you to pray for God's sake. If, if you have never believed and put your, put your trust in Christ, I want you to know that it is for your best interest that you pray in this way. And I want you to know that, that God, because of his who he is, that he cannot deny himself, that he went to the point all the way to dying on the cross for us. And it is for your sake that you should pray for his sake. And when you call on his name, remember, you pray, how is his name honored when you truly pray? that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus is God and that he died on that cross for you. His name is honored when you call on his name. And Jesus says, all who honor my name and call on my name will be saved. But for all of you, I want to challenge you. For, let me help some of the Christians as well now. Here we go. Your salvation was not just one time in the past. It's still ongoing. God not only saved us from our sin, but he is desiring to continue to save us from the present darkness to the point that he ultimately saves us from the presence and power of everything one day. Salvation, guys, wasn't just a one-time moment. It started and triggered a chain of events. God is in the process of still saving us. And so I want to challenge you guys. You honor his name by continually, Lord, I want you, I want your name to be honored in my life. Keep saving me from myself. Keep saving me from this, from all of these things. When we pray, guys, in this way, his kingdom come, his will be done. And you know what? You know what changes? Maybe not your circumstances. You do. When you pray for the name and for God's sake, you change. And that's the whole purpose of prayer, is to be molded and shaped more into who.